Hi all, you're listening to At The Beam, a medical education podcast where we discuss high-yield oncology with a focus in radiation oncology. We are Trudy and Josh, and thank you for listening. All right, well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Beam. This is Trudy alongside Josh. We're going to conclude our quick and dirty dosi series today with an episode on treatment plan evaluation. So, Josh, what do you have for us? Yeah, thanks, Trudy. I thought um, it might be good to do a review of a systematic approach to plan review and touch on the high points during this process. Okay, great. So let's say you have your contours in and your decimetrist has a plan ready and you're reviewing. What do you do? Yeah, so first and foremost, you want to ensure that you have the correct patient, medical record number, and so on. And you want to ensure that you're looking at the right scan and the right plan. So oftentimes, uh, multiple image sets can be uploaded into your TPS, and then plans can be arrayed onto the wrong scan. Uh, Additionally, some patients may have multiple plans in a course or plans that were created but not treated, such as uh, teaching plans or trial plans. As the evaluator, it'll be your job to ensure that the appropriate uploaded patient scan and plans are the correct one to be evaluated. Great. And just so everyone knows, um, TPS stands for Treatment Planning System, because when I read that, I was a little confused. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so TPS, Treatment Planning System. So, all right, so as a tip for our listeners, these scanning images, particularly those with multi-phase 4D acquisition, breath hold, or multi-phase bladder scans, can get convoluted. So it can be helpful to mark off the scan you want to use for planning by renaming the image set to highlight this is the scan to use. So let's say everything lines up, what's next? Yeah, so uh, continuing with the basics, it's important to check the prescription that's entered into the system and make sure it aligns with what's intended. You want to evaluate isocenter placement and field arrangements as well. So you see where your isocenter is relative to the triangulation point. So this is more for the uh, variant eclipse system, but if your user origin is set to your BBs, so this will be the 000 mark on a graph, your XYZ coordinates should indicate your shifts from those BBs to your isocenter. Make sure that these are reproducible shifts. So our therapist can shift 3CM to the left, but trying to shift 2.79CM is a tough ass and that's likely not going to happen appropriately. You also want to make sure your isocenter makes sense, meaning that its location isn't too far removed from your targets. If it is, you want to find out why. Sometimes it's necessary to ensure that your fields will clear around your patient that's being treated. If the isocenter doesn't look right, more often than not, it may have been placed in error or without uh, specific intention. So just make sure to check in with your planners about this. Great. And in regards to prescriptions, some treatment planning systems operate in gray and other in centigray. So ensure you know the scale of your prescription, your planning system, as it can change your MU output considerably. Also, you want to keep an eye out on the plan normalization. This will also affect how your targets may be covered or how high your hotspots will be. Different systems operate differently for this method, but in general, we can normalize the structure to a point or have no normalization performed and adjust out monitor units manually, particularly in a forward planning method. Yeah, exactly. So uh, normalization is uh, essentially a multipath method to the same objective. So you're scaling the plan as a whole up or down. So if you normalize to specific coverage to a structure, the entire plan will scale in proportion to each field's output to meet that objective. It's the same if you normalize to a point in space. So it'll detect what dose percentage is received to that point and then scale the entire plan accordingly. Um, A way to look at this is to think about watering a a carrot farm. So say you have a nice small plot of land and you're clever, so you buy a box of hoses and then you hang them up in lines over your plot and then you pop holes in them every one foot. 
Um, so say you turn on your faucet and each hole is going to drip the same amount of water and you get to the spot right under it. Um, but say you have this nice big carrot that you want to present at your local fair, but it just happens to be situated between two of those holes and the hose that's lying over it. Now, you can't pull it out and replant it because it won't work for this analogy. But if you want to get appropriate water consumption, your only option really is to open the faucet all the way up to make sure that the carrot gets enough splash and appropriate water coverage. So in this way, you're normalizing up the amount of water that's coming up. And in turn, all the other holes throughout the hose will increase your water output, um, increase the hot spot, if you will. Now, in a situation where your carrot was right under one of these holes and it was getting saturated, you can dial it all the way down until its water output is appropriate. And in turn, you're dialing down the output of the rest of your your, your janky hose system. I love these analogies. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fantastic. Um, okay, perfect. So I think we missed a point about the type of technique that's performed when evaluating these plants. Yeah, that's right. So um, a key point is to ensure that the right method was used for planning. So this is 3D versus IMRT versus VMED and so on. Um, with that in mind, you want to check in on your field arrangements. You may need to leave this to the symmetrist under physicists to optimize, but there is room to critique or advise, you know, kindly, of course. Um, in general, you want to see that your beams are pointed to what you want to treat and placed in a strategic manner. So for IMRT and VMAT plans, check your fluence map and MLC patterns, which can play an eclipse, and get a visual assessment of how modulated the plan is. Overmodulated plans are not robust. They're sensitive to small treatment delivery changes, and they won't deliver efficiently. Visually, look for the MLCs to be open, generally around the tumor as it goes around, and check your beam's eye view and make sure your MLC patterns or your blocks make sense. Ask yourself if the beam arrangements and blocks are appropriately avoiding your organs at risk that you want to avoid and have proper margins and field borders. If you want minimal or no low-dose spill, you want to ensure that your fields are not traversing through the areas of avoidance or consider um, an appropriate treatment technique. If VMAT is um, too high of a low-dose spread that's provided through that planning uh, technique in a particular area, you can always consider static angle IMRT as an option as well. Right. So if you want to minimize contralateral lung dose, we want to keep any arcs partial in the rotation around the patient, constrained to the ipsilateral side only. As we discussed in a previous episode, it'll be easier to reduce OAR dose with proper field arrangements and appropriate sim rather than through dosimetric planning. Josh, you mentioned overmodulation. What are some good indicators for that? Yeah, so this pertains to IMRT or VMAT specifically. When you look at your MLC fluence patterns, you want to make sure there aren't large swaths of tiny open apertures throughout. Another way to check for overmodulation is to see if your monitor unit output makes sense. Generally, your total monitor units for all fields should be about two to three times the daily prescription dose in VMAT or IMRT plans, and this is a rough rule of thumb. This is because most of the dose is blocked with the MLC patterns, but if it's overmodulated, there'll be far more segments blocked, which is then going to require an escalation in the monitor units. Perfect. Okay, so say all of that checks out, what is next? Oh, yeah. So at this point, we want to evaluate our prescription conformity. We want to start by evaluating minimum prescription coverage. And uh, this is typically controlled by plan normalization, but visualizing your prescription coverage is important. If your high to low dose gradient is tight in an area that is key to potential future recurrence, you want to make sure that coverage is appropriate and reproducible. You want to avoid a situation where one call for incorrect body movement between filming and treatment will move your target completely out of the high dose area. Once that looks good, check your max dose. 
Is your hotspot within your PTV? Is it too high? Is it adjacent to key organs at risk, you know, such as right alongside the bowel? Uh, these typically can be changed to create a, a more robust plan. Nice. Very good. Um, so aside from the minimum and maximum doses, how have you been evaluating intermediate dose? Yeah, good question. So um, sometimes plants can become overmodulated and won't look very homogenous. Uh, you can look at your intermediate levels, your 105%, 107, 103, so on. Uh, check to see how much of your prescription coverage is encompassed by these intermediate dose levels. You want to ask yourself, is this too hot? If it's an ablative plant, like a saber case for an early stage lung cancer, you might want to ask, is it hot enough? And if not, why? Um, sometimes it's pressed up against an organ at risk. And if that's too close, or if your alignment is off that day, those high doses can treat that cord or loop of bowel inappropriately. Yeah. Uh, so for our listeners, you also want to ensure your non-prescription isodose lines make sense. You want to check on mid-level doses, such as the 50% line, and ensure they aren't sticking out too far beyond your target, particularly if you have a VMAT or IMRT plan with multiple fields, which should be able to constrain your 50% well. For example, in a lung saber case, you can often show your 50% level is within two centimeters from your target. In some cases, it's necessary to have mid-level doses streak out, particularly if you're trying to save an OAR, but you need to make sure it's robust. Yeah, that's right. So often these plans will meet your metrics on your DVH, but a visual evaluation will show that it's not a highly replicable plan. So it's important to go through the slices of your plan beyond your DVH. On that note, let's talk about the DVH. <laughs> so your DVH or dose volume histogram will graphically annotate your doses relative to your structures, whether as a percentage or volume. It's important to keep in mind that anything displayed on this DVH is completely contingent on the contouring you or your team perform. So if you miscontour the spinal cord or label it incorrectly, your DVH is not going to be reliable for that information. Now, unfortunately, our planning systems don't recognize any organs on our CT scans and thus needs to be uh, identified correctly through our contouring process. That being said, your DVH is where you're able to quickly find objective metrics for your treatment plan. But again, make sure it aligns well with what you can visually analyze on the CT itself. Great. I understand that there are conformity and homogeneity indices that can be evaluated as well. Yeah, so these are ratio tools that give you some objective measure of how well your plan is performing. Again, it doesn't replace the qualitative analysis of the plan going slice by slice, as well as detection of any illogical high or low doses, but it can be a helpful tool. So a conformity index is basically the ratio of the volume of your prescription dose cloud compared to the volume of your target. You're looking for something tight, like ideally close to one, but ideally not greater than one and a half in ratio. You don't want your prescription dose coverage cloud to be more than one and a half times bigger than your target if you can help it. Uh, in regards to homogeneity index, the delivery objective of radiation therapy is often to provide a, a homogeneous delivery of 100% of the prescribed dose to the target volume. So looking at the homogeneity index is a simple, fast scoring tool for analyzing and quantifying dose homogeneity in the target volume. Um, homogeneity index or HI is basically um, an indicator for the ratio between the maximum and minimum dose within your target volume, and a lower value indicates a better homogeneous dose distribution within your target. You want this to be small, um, typically less than 1.1, but sometimes like in saber planning, for example, where you want ablative doses, you want to make sure that this is above 1.25 or even 1.3. Cool. Um, so how do you finalize evaluation of your plan? 
So you go through your DVH diligently. You want to make sure your target and OAR metrics check out. Ensure your slice-by-slice -slice dose maps look reasonable and your fields, prescription, patient are all correct. Sign your plan and make sure to tip your decimetrist. Please remember that these plans have to go through a quality assurance process that only starts once you've approved the plan. And this process can take some significant time. And uh, please consider your physics team and sign your plans early if you can. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks, Josh. Um, in regards to plan review, a key point is to always have a structured checklist when reviewing plans to stay consistent. So one acronym that I like to use is CBCHOP. C stands for contours, B, beam arrangements and fields. C, coverage, H, hotspots, O, OARs, and P, verify the prescription dose. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Trudy. So uh, this is going to conclude our series on quick and dirty dosy. So thank you to Antida Pino-Rasethkel, who is the Photon Dosimetry Manager at the University of Pennsylvania and board member of the MDCD for her review of today's episode. You can find our show notes at atthebeam.com. And thank you for listening. And remember to be well and always trust but verify. Carrot, carrot, carrot.